welcome to Tabletop Game Talk on Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, Fletcher's not able to join us, but while he's gone, Kitty and I are going to talk about games that facilitate or allow for conversation while you play them. We're going to talk about games that work well in person as well, and probably mostly about games that work well over Board Game Arena and Zoom, because let's face it, that's where Kitty and I play most of our games. <laughs> but first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And welcome to our newest patron, Michael Findley. A huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Um, if you want to be part of our live audience where you get the inside scoop on different things and such, also we talk about Board Game Arena, uh, if you can't get enough of that, that's the um, tabletopgametalk.com slash live every Monday, 830 Central. Also, join our Discord, join our BGA group. It's every every week more people join, and it gets bigger and bigger, and it's more and more fun. And I am doing horribly on this Azul tournament. Kitty, how are you doing? Well, my game hasn't ended yet. It's probably my are fault. Are you going to win? It's a very busy weekend. I am not <laughs> winning currently by any stretch of the imagination. At a terrible opening round. I don't know if that was me or the tiles or what, but um, I've, I've been doing better since then is all I can say. Um, but it's, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad that Fletcher's not here because I was giving him all that crap about coming in last on this very first game. I've come in last on my last two games. <laughs> so, I might come in yeah. last this I I don't um I turned off my non-video participants so I don't know if Token Fan Forever is in our live audience but um I'm hoping I can beat them at Azul. So. <laughs> yeah, not this week but uh yeah, I I I say good luck. I'm really looking forward to the Railroad Inc tournament where I think between me and Sir Sully I think we're probably the favorites to win a railroading tournament, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, but anyway, if you joined our Azul tournament, then I will be drawing winners next week. Once, actually, when round four starts, um, and I believe that the live audience convinced me to do four winners. I'm going to do probably two subscriptions to BGA, and then two. You pick your flavor of Azuls. So. That's how that will work. But that'll be next week. So listen, uh, if you want to be in that drawing, that's really simple to do. Just join one of our tournaments. Uh, for our patrons, mm, all right, I'm going to throw that because the patrons should actually get thrown in there too. So if you're a patron, you're going to get thrown in the mix as well. I'm going to draw just a separate patron-only one. And for patrons, you will have the opportunity to win a subscription to BGA. That's, that's what the patron one will be. So now I'm giving five things away. Um, live audience, remember that for me because you know my memory is already. What am I giving away, huh? Uh, so, how was your weekend, Kitty? It was a very busy weekend. Um, <laughs> we've been back and forth between Illinois and Michigan. So, I was, I was back in Illinois for the weekend doing a uh, spring social event for my uh, oldest school. And so, this is like part of the former school. Nat- yeah, his former school, because now he, so he was disenrolled um, as we moved previous to this event, but it's a cooperative school that I had already signed up to be part of this um, committee that puts on this event. I was part of the logistics committee, and I was the only member of this committee that showed up. 
for the event that they were supposed to be the logistics team that planned. And, and you don't so, even have a student that goes there and, and nor I do you don't live have in the a kid that goes longer. there. Yeah. I have no stake in this. You're supposed to, you know, if apparently if you don't fulfill your commitment to the school, they'll charge you in your account and everyone's scared of them doing that to you. Um, but yeah, I had no account they could charge. I just um, have a, an intense sense of responsibility. Once I take on a task, I must finish it, which is even though I am losing terribly, uh, welcome to I will continue to take my turns in a timely fashion. <laughs> and it's why you're out episode 283 and here, even though you'd rather be sleeping. Yes. <laughs> Well, I so everyone it. say thank you to my parents for instilling this intense sense of responsibility to nonsense in me. But I got a lot of credit for showing up at this event, and it was fun. And I bought, um, I've had way, way, way too much money for a uh, 1500-piece classic Lego set. So Wait, wait, wait. Just, oh, just a classic set? So like a yellow box set? It's a yellow box set. Um I mean, it, it was like part of a bundle of rainy day activities with some other stuff that was fun. But I saw it and I was like, you know, it's a good it's a good starting place that you, we can make a, a rainbow Lego wall for my kid to play with. Was it, so. was it in triple digits? Uh, it's 1,500 pieces. Right, right, right. No, I'm saying the amount of money you paid oh, for it. Um, for the whole package, yes. But not for, okay. I mean, if you break down, it's hard to say. But I yeah. did not pay. That, but it was for a good cause, so that's fine. Yeah. yeah, mostly I was there to donate money to this school, and they handed me Legos as a door prize. We'll just say yeah. that. <laughs> we will have – so we did the Lego episode part one. We, there will be a Lego episode part two at some point. Um, and one of my things is how to build a collection with the Lego Classics 1500 pieces. Um, you can get a lot of pieces for not a lot of money, like brand new – Walmart. Walmart's the trick. Go there, search for their 1,500 pieces, and they have them usually, like, you know, 40 to 50% off of what retail is. So, and there's, they're great. Like, they're my desk play right now. I just have, like, one color from one set, and I just play with those all day long. And honestly, I think, you know, as much value as there is to making the sets and having fun, like, following the instructions, learning how that works, I think that um, having the classics is just where a lot of the creativity comes from. And if you're watching Lego Masters... You know, they're not starting with the box sets. They're starting with the classic pieces. And, you know, talking to my kid today, he's like, well, you know, I just really want dinosaur Legos. I was like, well, why don't we try to build a dinosaur? And he's like, oh, yeah, let's build a dinosaur. We got all the pieces to build a dinosaur, you know? And yeah, is it going to look as good as, you know, a Lego Masters one or even ones that they give you all the pieces to build? Maybe not, but it'll be fun. Who cares? Yep. (laughs) Yep, that's what my son has upstairs is all the classics. So he has a couple of classic boxes that are just always on the table upstairs. And then I have my like adult fan of Lego boxes downstairs and I put them <laughs> together while watching different things. But but I like he also can follow instructions, but I want him to actually do more free play than instruction following because it's what's age appropriate for them at this this time yeah. of their lives. That's how and they I should think be playing. Teaching Teaching creativity by saying, follow this pattern, I don't actually think teaches creativity. It follows great following instructions, but it doesn't allow you to be creative with it sometimes. Yeah. And I think there's value to both and that you should have both in Legos and other things as well, because um, it's the same with sewing. You know, I follow sewing patterns. There's a lot of value to that, but also there's a lot of value to being able to, you 
you know, drape and design your own patterns and freehand things too. So there, there's yep. a lot of value well, to all things. Everyone can do their yep. own thing the way they want to and more power to play you. and teach creativity. That's what we're all about. So I did not do anything for school, but we did go to the circus this weekend. <laughs> yeah. How'd that go? Um, yeah. It was after a monsoon, but it was all under a big top, but there's still mud everywhere. And Becca loved it. Like she was into it. She was clapping and cheering and she was like totally focused on everything. Zachary liked it for a little while. And then he's like, yeah, I want to go someplace else. And he just, he, he just started walking <laughs> to the car. And I'm like, okay. And then we expected it to be an hour and a half long. And it ended up being like two and a half hours long with a 20 minute intermission. So we're like, okay, we're just going to leave at the intermission because A, we beat the traffic and B, you know, our kids are done with this. Um, so, but otherwise it was fun. There was no elephants, but I guess I don't do that anymore. There was a camel. Um, he rode a horse. So that was fun. Um, and then Becca. So for those who don't know, Becca's 19 months, 19 and a half months now. And she's have like, she's just like late in the whole walking thing. So we've been doing like physical therapy and stuff. And this weekend, this Friday, I think it was, um, she took 23 steps in a row. I counted them because I videotaped them. Um, she's still not super into it. Like when she's in the mood, she'll, she can like waddle around, but I was super proud of that. So I just want to call out like, Hey, she's getting there. That's awesome. Gonna, yeah. But she's also, everything else she does is like, like amazing. And she knows how to do, like, she's very good at everything else. She just like, I don't need to walk. I'm super tall. She's this knee walking thing. And she's almost as tall as Zachary on her knees. So she's just like, <laughs> I don't care. That's a real problem. Yeah. The, the neighbor kids across the street, they'll come over and play sometimes. And there's, a, they have a little girl that's like three months younger than Becca is. And I'm fairly certain there's a foot difference in their height. Like, a, a full on, like, without exaggeration, a foot difference in their height. Now, she's, like, very short for her age, and Becca's very tall for her age, but it's just crazy. But they love each other. Like, mm-hmm. they are just, like, totally into each other. So. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure yeah. that even though your child is three months younger than mine. Uh, three months younger, yeah. easily twice the size of my child. Yeah. Yep. She's she's huge. My children and are peanuts. Your children are huge. And yep. you know. I blame Sydney. I'm I'm not a big person. <laughs> Sydney's just like, yeah, let me let me throw some six foot at you and yeah. see what comes Sid- out. Sydney got some jeans in there, man. <laughs> yep. So, but uh, there's uh, I just uh, kids. I like kids. All right. I also like games. Let's talk about some games. Now, yes. the reason this topic came up. Now, I had a different idea for a topic tonight, and I already forgot what it was, but um, I texted you guys for it, and so it is going to come back. Because it's gone for my think, brain too. We're both yeah, those people. It, like this information is no longer relevant to me. It's, <laughs> it's gone out of my brain. But I just. <laughs> but Fletcher last minute wasn't able to uh, to join, and so I'm like, okay, well, I really want to have that conversation with him. For some reason, I just I just remember wanting to like poke fun at him. But um, oh, now I remember the topic. I remember the topic now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen in two friends, weeks to find maybe? out. Yep. <laughs> Next week's a role-playing episode, probably. So, um, but after that. So, I decided to pivot. Now, the reason that we're talking about games you can socialize over is is how I'm titling this episode, is because Kitty 
and Spencer and Sydney and I, so the two of us and our significant others, um, have a Tuesday night game night. But it's virtual because mm-hmm. Kitty and Spencer don't live near us. And we were playing through the crew on Board Game Arena. And it was it was like a ton of fun, right? It was it's like, so okay, much another fun. hand. Yeah. And we kept we playing again. And, and th- got carried away and stayed up way too late like a few on times Tuesday night. because we were like yeah. we just have to just one more we just have to finish this mission we can't stop until we complete this mission so yeah <laughs> yeah but then we beat it because you know eventually you complete all the missions and you can play that over and over again but it felt like it's like okay well we beat it let's move on to something else and then we decided to play viticulture because in person viticulture is a very fun game to play because you're like okay let's open a couple bottles of wine play this game and you know it's a a fun game to play but over zoom what ended up happening is we just all sat there in silence most of the time (laughs) i don't think that's totally true it was mostly true the real reason that you don't want to play viticulture again is because i won um i would play again in person (laughs) i think now, I would play again, but the thing is, it just felt so different because when we were playing the crew, there was a lot of conversation and back and forth and what should we do? And when we were playing Viticulture, there wasn't. There was, I'm taking my turn, so I'm focusing on this. And it's it was a fairly it's a fairly heavy game. So it got me thinking, it's like, what games can we play over Zoom that facilitate conversation, allow us to like socialize on our Tuesday night game nights? And encourage that socialization versus games that, yes, we all had fun. Nobody disliked it. Like, we all agree that, yes, we would definitely play it again. Mm-hmm. But it had a different feeling than the crew did. Like, just drastically different. So that's really where this is. this topic came from. And what you're about to listen to for the next 45 minutes or so is Kitty and I trying to decide on the next few games we play on Board Game Arena. So, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. Now, I have I did also warn our live audience saying, hey, if there's any that you think would be good, throw them out there. Um, we're going to start out with in-person games because I want to cover a little bit of in-person, but then we're going to switch over to the online Zoom stuff. Uh, because for the fact of the matter is, the older you get, the more spread out your friends get, the less time you have to get together and do gaming groups as you have kids and all these things. Where it's like getting together for an hour or two where you're sitting at home, that's easy to do. Driving for an hour and a half to get to someone's house and then have to deal with who's sitting with the kids and all that, that's harder. So as you get older, there's a group out there that knows what we're talking about and there's a group out there that will, you will know what we're talking about. Um, So Kitty, throwing this to you, favorite games, and party games are always a good one. You can throw out party games if you want to, but try thinking non-party. Favorite games to play with a small group, you know, four or five, six people. Four, five, six people is not a small group. Most people would call that I, a large group. With our size group of about four, four people. people. Yeah. Um, so something that I had fun playing that I just don't think any of us picked up. I don't think you liked it that much. Uh, was Potion Explosion. Okay. I don't disagree with that. Um, most, I, the reason I never really got into Potion Explosion because it was more gimmick to me than it was game but i really like gizmos which is also marbles in a shoot and but for some reason i just kind of like that one better but i I feel (laughs) those are kind of like in a similar vein and i think it's just because you we just played the 
demo that one time, and I think you didn't get as deep into the kind of messing around and using your potions to like, and maybe this is something that in person would irritate me more is like, cause I, I did play this on BGA and it was fun because I, it was kind of anonymous. I didn't know who was taking my pieces or messing with me and it wasn't so bad, but in real life I might get irritated with people like messing with my stuff. But I do think that we didn't get as much into the potion effects and how you can manipulate the the pile of marbles coming down at you. If you're just picking them up and putting them in the holes, that's, you know, Yahtzee. But there's more to it than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to raise you. I don't know. So I've recently played uh, Quacks of Quellenberg, which is mm-hmm. not new to anyone who's, you know, into the hobby at all. And it has become my go-to for a small group game. It is it's a pressure luck game, but there's no, there's such a low penalty to busting early in the game that it's almost like okay, I don't mind if I bust. Or later on it becomes a more tactical move as to whether or not you want to keep going or like I'm going to I'm going to hold back. And it's a simultaneous play game. So everyone's doing their turns at the same time and then you see what happens afterward. There's so many opportunities to like break from the game and just say, okay, what happened? And everyone's, you know, if you're the last person drawing, everyone's paying attention to what you're doing. And at any given point, you're like, oh, I'm already at six. Should I draw? There was just so much room for conversation for fun. That game, I hate the name. I hate the name. Honestly, the name by itself is the reason why I've not picked this game up since. (laughs) I have only heard really good things about this game, but I have not played it. Yeah, that's me too. What it is. It is it is an amazing game. I have all the expansions. I've already upgraded. I designed like holders for all the tokens and 3D printed them all in their own different colors. Like I've gone crazy for this game. And it's just a very simple, fun four-player game. My niece and her boyfriend were over this weekend and we ended up playing, we played two games of this and two games of Marvel United. Um, and you know, it's like just played for fun. Marvel United is another one where it's light enough where you can play and it facilitates so much conversation as you're playing because you have to coordinate with each other and it's just fun. It's just fun to see what you can do and what combos you can pull off and are you going to make it? And, you know, we won the first game and we're like, oh, that seemed easy. Then we changed the villains out and played the second one. And we're like, oh, we just, we lost by a sliver. And it's like, if it wasn't two o'clock in the morning, we'd play again right now. Um, so those are a couple of games that like I really like playing in person. Uh, plus any kind of really co-op game is fun to play in person. You have any others that are like, you must call out? I mean, games that I enjoy playing in person with about four players, I have to, of course, shout out Calico, which I cannot legally go through an episode without talking about Calico <laughs> because... Still have is- no idea. Never played it. Like, whatever. You're not going to like it, but that's fine. I enjoy it. Um, And then there's like, you know, the classics games that I would always pull out no matter what things. I mean, if it's Tile Lane, I enjoy it. We just started a Carcassonne game that I've been having a lot of fun with remembering how much I like that game. Um, Azul. What are the games that I always talk about playing? I'll always play those. I'll still play Wingspan. I mean, you're playing Wingspan Uh for a while, yeah. I don't know that Wingspan actually facilitates... A lot of conversation and interaction, though. I don't um, think but any the of the games that I like facilitate interaction or <laughs> conversation. Yeah, and that's I think I I really enjoy kind of thinky puzzly games, and they work well in person. 
because you're just you're doing your own thing and hanging out and then you know everyone like looks at what the other person's doing and you talk about it but when you're online you don't have that moment of like let's look at what everyone else is doing and talk about it nearly as much you just everyone takes their turn and then the computer tells you your scores and somebody won or not and that's it it's it's not as interactive you miss out on a level of interaction yeah yeah yep and i think that that's why this this topic might be more for an online play because i think in person like we we all talk about like multiplayer solitaire versus player interaction and Mm -hmm. how like so we play a lot of welcome Two, and there's variations of welcome Two that increase the player interaction i actually think welcome Two has too much player interaction and there's only one piece of player interaction in the base game, which is the first person to satisfy the goal gets more points than anyone else. Um, because in my role and rights, I don't want to interact with anybody else. I want to be playing my game and let's compare afterwards. Yeah. But when you're in person, I totally understand why you would want more interaction in that because it forces you to well, interact with the people around you and and engage with what everyone else is doing. Hadrian's Wall does the same thing um, where there's one element of the game where if you use a neighboring opponent's uh, card, you have to give them the resource that you're going to u- spend to use that card. I'm coding this for Board Game Arena and I hate that aspect of this <laughs> because I know when I'm playing turn-based, as soon as that happens, now... You either have to say, if someone's done with their turn and then I pass you a resource, now you're not done with your turn anymore. Plus, it encourages you to go late in the game to see if someone will pass you a resource so you know what those resources are before you start. So it actually kind of breaks the whole turn-based model. Now, Hadrian's Wall is not designed to be turn-based. It wasn't designed to be on Board Game Arena. Um, Most games aren't. But it's still one of those things I have to consider. It's like, okay, I think I'm going to just introduce an optional rule where if you're playing in turn-based, you can turn on the solo rules. And if you turn on the solo rules, then you don't give a resource to your opponent. You get an extra attack card that comes after just you or something like that, right? Just to give you – to break that up. Um, but when you're – and that's the things you have to worry about when you're playing online. So let's talk about playing online. Um, again, thinking some kind of video conferencing and – we're going to talk board game arena. This could apply to tabletop simulator. This could apply to tabletopia, um, Yucatan, uh, any pick your choice, a webcam with, you know, pointing at the table, whatever you want to do there. <laughs> uh, but board game, board game arena to me feels, I like it best because it enforces the rules. It's free for everyone except for one person and free for everyone if you're not doing a premium game. And it's just, it's done pretty well. Like most of the games on there are pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to start out and we're going to talk about not turn-based games on Board Game Arena. That's a different category. We may actually do an entire category of like best games to play turn-based. Um, spoiler alert, Railroad Inc. is on that list as, <laughs> as well as uh, Welcome to. But what games real-time for Board Game Arena are bad for socializing, for getting a group of four people together. We want to hang out and let's just chat and talk and and play a game. I have my ideas, but I'm thinking like, wh- where is your mind? Like, what would be a bad game? Also, Viticulture counts in that mind space for me. 
I would say, and this is like very broad, but like any game where one player is taking their turn and no one else can see what they are doing until they hit submit and it shows you all the things. So one person is basically taken out of the conversation and is focused on what's going on while no one else. So like Viticulture, for example, when you are playing in person, I can see Sydney about to put her worker on the spot where I'm going to put my worker. I can say, no, ah, I was going to do that. How dare you? And I can still do that when we're playing on BGA, but not until she's already done that and the three actions after that and you're she was quiet for three minutes while she did it where I could have been, you know, having this conversation or something along, even something as simple as, you know, asking a rule like, hey, how do I get this to work? Uh, You know, maybe even though I won this game, I totally handicapped myself because I was planting my fields completely wrong. And, you know, just I could have figured that out earlier and seen it and asked questions about these things that 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 level of interaction wasn't there because it was just one person's focusing on the computer while the other three people kind of chatted, but also tried not to be disruptive. Yeah. I And I didn't even think about like the seeing and how the game is implemented really matters, right? Mm-hmm. Can I see what you're doing? Um, we play Gloomhaven on Friday nights on Steam. And the fact that we can see like the cards are presented on screen of what they're making their choices from. And when they put their, when they're highlighting the board, you get to see what they're highlighting. Mm-hmm. So it feels interactive you, as you're, you're part of those decisions with, if you're not part of that, if you don't see what's going on in real time. Yeah. That's a bad one because we, we start started narrating our turns at a certain point because we knew that nobody else could see what we were doing. So we're like, Oh, I'm going to. I'm going to place my big worker here and then I'm going to upgrade this you know, wine or do whatever. Like we had to say what we were doing. Otherwise, you didn't know until you hit the submit button, especially yeah. when it came to like playing cards and stuff like that. Yeah, because the cards would just automatically be discarded and then you had to like there there was work to see what had happened. Yep. The other ones and Getty and chat mentions this as well is um, any really heavy Euro game, you know. I just played a game of Great Western Trail the first time I played in a while on BGA and wow, loved it. Um, we had a 100 point spread in scoring on that game, which is uncommon. I won with 86 points, so that tells you. Um, I'm not going to call out who had the negative points. Uh, this person is in chat right now, but you know, we'll remain <laughs> anonymous. Um, but I just like that game. I would play it in a moment with anybody. It's like, okay, we're going to play this. Let's play it real time. But we know that we're going to be just focusing on the game. We know that, you know, there's a lot going on and there might be some smack talk and stuff here and there. Or, oh man, you're rushing the end or something like that. But ultimately it's a game you have to focus on and what you're doing and what you're trying to do. And the way I was playing the game, because we were doing turn bases, I literally had to write down notes that, okay, my next three turns are this. Because I know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be a day and a half before I get to, you know, that third or fourth turn on there. Yeah. Um, so, but those games play faster in real time, but they're still not super social in real time. I also think games that play well in turn-based but not real time are roll and writes. Mm-hmm. Welcome to in real time, Railroad Inc. in real time. I just don't know that those games have, they, you start to get pressured to take your turn faster. Mm-hmm. And 
that's not a super fun social environment to put yourself into. So get that out of the way. Now let's talk about games that really do work well in real time. And we're going to start with the crew because if you haven't it's played the crew, so good. <laughs> it's just so good. I mean, the level, like it's, it's perfect for playing online and real time because you are not allowed to communicate too much or certain things. And so there's very clear rules about what is being communicated, what is being talked about. And you all, but it is very important to all be focused on the same things at the same time. And it just works really well for playing real time online. Yeah. And we loosen the rules. Like we don't, we don't talk about what's in our hand. We don't talk mm-hmm. about individual, you know, what you need to play next or anything like that. But we do constantly talk. We're always <laughs> talking about, okay, our goal is this, or we need to make sure that Sydney doesn't get that card, or we'll like just put in reminders so that everyone's on the same page and literally just talking about everything. Everyone can see it. So we're allowed to talk about it is, is yeah. our general rule. And it's just so good. It's just so good. The only complaint I have about the BGA implementation is we would play like 10 missions in a sitting and it would count one game. Yeah. So like we've played so much of this. And I think my EOL on, on BGA is like four or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it is tricky because it's it's about starting and ending the session. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But that's the only thing where I'm just like. I played this a lot more than what BGA thinks I've played this. But also, it's a cooperative, like, let it go, Chris. Yes. It's a cooperative yes. game. And it is, it is a cooperative <laughs> game. You win or lose, it's good. Yeah. We won. That's what matters. We had fun doing it. And that was, yeah. yeah. We're also really into trick-taking games, I think, as a group. Yes. Spencer especially, but, like, has dragged the rest of us in because that was kind of a fun challenge for us for a while is like Spencer is not always as into the same kind of games as the rest of us and like to find games that like Spencer really enjoyed that the rest of us also enjoyed like this you know dragged us down this kind of pathway where I think the crew is like just really good for that game everyone was invested at all times and that it just worked um speaking of which Fox in the Force has an app now so um Ooh. Just let you know. Thanks. I just downloaded. I didn't need it on, to waste more of my life <laughs> <laughs> on my phone I, playing games. I just but downloaded here we are. it. <laughs> yeah, I just downloaded. It. I haven't played it yet, but it's like it's five bucks, and I'm like, okay, you've s- talked about it so much, I have to try it. So uh, you can't download. Well, you can download it now. You just can't play it right now. So the next one that we ended up playing. So after we got done, I think after we got done playing Viticulture. I wanted to play something that was a little bit more interactive, mm-hmm. but something that was still light and short because we were, it was early in the evening. So I picked Stella because some of our listeners had introduced me to this game. And this is another one that really, really doesn't work turn based all that well. Um, and actually, that, Stella is actually fine turn based. The next one is actually worse turn based, but Stella works amazingly well in real time. Mm-hmm. And Stella is a Dixit style game. You are going to have three rows of five Dixit style cards. So this abstract art. Um, if you, I'm just going to assume, if you don't know Dixit, just trust me, it's tarot cards with abstract art on it. And 
a word's going to come up and you're going to privately pick words that or pictures that you think represent those words. And you're going to hope that at least one other person, you hope actually only one other person, but at least one other person matches your word. And if they do, you both get points and you just go around for four rounds and whoever has the most points at the end wins. It's one of those games where you don't care what the scoring is, except that you do a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I think it is, it's implemented amazingly well because in person, this game has a shield. Like you're holding up a shield and you're, you're, you're writing stuff down in secret. And then you're going to reveal that later. But because you can do this on the computer and you have your own personal board, it's very easy to like, okay, I have my information. You have your information. And at the end, everything's revealed. You don't have to worry about the dry erase markers or accidentally bumping something or whatever. It just works. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, I really like, I could play a limited number of games. Probably three. <laughs> I was and just going to say, like, okay, let's try something else. Three seems like the right number. But it's a good ending game, right? Like, let's end the evening or even start the evening with a few games of Stella, like warm people up. Um, I want you to talk about this next one because I don't think you liked this game very much. Of course, because you just got <laughs> signed out of the Google <laughs> document. Uh, uh, high clue. High clue. Um,. I didn't like it turn-based, and I haven't played it real-time. Did we I, play it real-time? No. We talked about oh, playing it real-time. we were time. going to play it real-time. We real were time. going to, and we didn't. Interesting. And I am interested to try it. I would definitely, I would put this on the list with Stella of games I won't play again turn-based, but I would play real-time. And for those who don't know High Clue, um, the way this game works is there's going to be four words, and there's a shape under each of the words. And you're going to draw a card that tells you what shape your word is. And then you have a number of words. Think of like the refrigerator magnet words. Like you can make Mm -hmm. phrases and stuff. And you're going to try to play out different phrases in front of you that describe the word that is yours. And then they go around the table and everyone's trying to guess which word they think was yours. And if they guessed right, they get a point. You get a point. And you essentially get points for guessing right. In person... You can kind of defend your choices and talk about, hey, I, I only had this and this, and or this is why I chose this word to describe that word. In turn-based, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, it's not a very good non-social I, game. I also think this might be easier playing with people I know well. I know how you and Sydney and Spencer think. We have shared experiences I can draw on to give clues to these things, whereas playing with people I don't know as well, it was like listeners, people from our BGA group that I was playing with, not saying that like... You don't like playing games with our listeners. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I love playing games with our listeners. (laughs) I just, I don't know how John and Rich and Steve are thinking the way I certainly know how Spencer is thinking. It is much easier for me to, you know... Jedi mind trick my husband into picking the right word than, you know, people who I see once a week at most. (laughs) Yep. And honestly, that's part of what makes this game so social, or these types of games even so social, is if they don't pick the word because they missed your Jedi mind trick, you get to have that immediate combat of, you know, yeah, yeah, razzing. That's the word I'm looking for. (laughs) And that's fun, right? And yes. it's not something, and that promotes that social, like, just that social discord, just having something to talk about and and be fun about. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're gonna have to try High Clue again. It is one of those games I would put in the party game category. So it's two to three plays, and I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm probably burned out. This one might even be a one or two play game. Like it's fun, but it's not going to be a game that I'm going to be like, okay, again, again, again. Um, but that's sort of me for a lot of games. There's a lot of games where I'm just like, eh, maybe I'll get to that. We'll see, possibly. Um, all right, the next one. You already mentioned this, but I'm kind of curious. How social do you really find Azul? Not very. (laughs) (laughs) This definitely falls more under uh, multiplayer solitaire in certain ways. It is a little interactive with the center of the board and you're picking. You can definitely mess with what other people are doing. And um, I haven't played this over BGA real time. I've only played it turn-based. I could see it being more because there's not as much to each turn. So there's not a lot of like sitting around waiting for somebody and you, and there's only kind of one thing that happens on a turn. So it's easy. Like, Oh, Sydney took her turn. She did this and that's it. There's not a lot of Sydney took her turn. She did three things. I'm only seeing one of them. I don't know what happened. I'm confused. You know, it's, it's, it's easier to see what's happening. So I could see working better, but not great. Yeah, I and this is one where I'm like, I could see it go either way, because this is just all razzing, right? If you took something <laughs> I wanted, I'm going to be like, How oh, man, you? you took that you wanted. And the thing is, there is a certain, um, when you're playing this turn-based, I'm actually looking and being like, I know the next two moves that my opponents are going to make based on what I take, because I know what works best for them. I also know what to do if I want to screw them over. And I have no problem doing that if I'm not sitting across the table from them or looking at yeah. them on Zoom. And so I think the game changes when you start playing socially. I don't know. Maybe it becomes more casual because you're more focused on what you can do and less focused on how you screw over your neighbors. But yeah, this one, I don't know. But this next one, and I'm and I used to hate this game so much. <laughs> and then I played it on BGA and I quite a bit like it on BGA. And have you played Hanabi? I is this the one where you hold the cards backwards? Yes. I have not played it, but I have watched it. I've sat at a table where other people are playing, and I'm like, this seems like nonsense. <laughs> I hate this game in real life. I hate I it. know you do, which is why I never played it. Because I watched you play it one time and you sat there and you made this face like <sighs> I, I John, have no John words to asks, describe the face that you made, but it was it was a it was a like somebody get me out of here now kind of a face. Oh, yeah. Well, first I'm going to say John John um, asks rhetorically rhetorically that um, <laughs> he wonders if internet anonymity makes being mean easier. Um, no, everyone's nice on the internet. Jeez, John, come on. Uh, but Hanabi. John knew exactly who I was when he <laughs> drafted against me in our Azul tournament. So don't make it seem like <laughs> it was anonymous, making it easier. That, that, well, I that's, think it's that's the a not good point. looking someone in the eyes. <laughs> that's actually the part, too. It's like, yeah, I don't have to look you in the eye as I punch you in the gut. Um, <laughs> so if you've never played Hanabi, this is a game where you hold your cards away from you. So you'll see the backs of your cards and you can see the fronts of everyone else's cards. And there's four different colors um, and a rainbow color, I think. It's been a while since I played it, so bear with me. But the number, the cards are numbered one to five. There's five ones, four twos, three threes, two fours, and one five. And you're trying to basically build stacks from one to five. If you get all the stacks filled up, then you win. And it's a, it's a cooperative game. 
on your turn, you're allowed to tell somebody the number of a number or a color and how many cards they have. So you have two ones or you have one blue card or whatever the case is. The reason why I hate this in person is because of the people I played with where they were just <laughs> They had a strategy of like, this is what you do. This is how you play it. You hold your cards like this. And I'm always going to give you information about your new card. And you should know this and blah, blah, blah. And you have to memorize like every bit of information and all of this. And it's just exhausting. It's so exhausting. It's a very clever game, but it's exhausting. It's so like when Josh it, was playing... Um, the Mind. The Mind. <laughs> yes. And they're like giving like hand signals of like 15 degree increments like yes. it wasn't that bad but it was almost that bad it's like, yeah and i'm just like uh but when you're playing it online you just click on a card and say color or number and it automatically will because you could be like if i touch this so you're, you're pointing at the cards that this card and this card is are blue um or yes so it's like but i touch them in the order that they're numeric. Now, it's not allowed to do that, but it's a co-op. You can do whatever you want, right? But when you're playing online, it's just like you point to two, you click two cards and it'll tell you that's blue. And also tells you, like you remember, it tells you what information you know about the card, um, which I just think is is just nice. It, it takes off this cognitive load and allows me to just have fun playing the game. And this is another game where you're not allowed to really table talk at all. Mm-hmm which means you can talk a lot because you never really have to talk about the game. So you can always talk. And I and don't know this... if I believe you about this working well real time. We're going to play I'm willing this. to give it a try. This is our Sydney next one. Sydney and Spencer are going to not enjoy our next few game nights, are they? Sid- <laughs> Sydney really, really likes Hanabi, um, or at least liked Hanabi. But she liked the person that I didn't like when we were playing this. Um, but she I likes this, this game. whole event. <laughs> <laughs> Just, this is also so, so the time in- that I was, I decided I was never playing Terra Mystica ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that was that same weekend. <laughs> so some, some, some fun backstory. Um, I wasn't the first person that Sydney dated, but the guy that I really hate playing Hanabi with um, was the person she dated just before me. So, you know, there's, there's that history too there. But we were friends as well. Like, I didn't have any problem with him. I just hated the way he played this game, like, a lot. And I didn't like the way he played Terra Mystica. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He was a very, very intense gamer. He was very Um, intense. Yeah. I'm not. All right, so let's... (laughs) Anyone who's played on PGA with me knows I am giving this 75% of my attention at best. (laughs) Well, you're playing it, though. It's important to you. All right, this Important next one I barely to me and focused on it are different. Yeah, all right. I do think that you I think the turn-based style of play though really suits you for a lot of these games. It does. Because I think I think you like to analyze and not feel pressured and it's like yeah. I mean, I like it too and I'm I'm also fine playing in real time, but yeah, there's something about being able to take your turns casually. I like to take like a dozen turns a day, but it's still like I'm fine taking them casually. I like to take one turn a dozen times before I decide what my actual turn is, which if I did it in front of another human being, they would be like, I'm never playing a board game with this weirdo ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, the next game I put on here, I put on here and I and I immediately, the next two games, actually, I don't think 
are good games for real time. You are skipping around this list, so you were going to have to tell me what you were talking about. Well, right now I'm talking about Bang. And some people have mentioned in the chat like a social deduction game. At four players, I don't think social deduction works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Bang, even though it plays down to four, um, I don't think it would all be that enjoyable. And even if it was, I think it'd be fast and you'd be like, eh, okay. Maybe, I don't know. But I, it's not one that I'd be like super, let's try it. Uh, the next one I go, I'm kind of on the fence with, and that's Can't Stop. I love Can't Stop. I don't know why. Um, it's just a press your luck game. But so Bang, and, and for those who don't know, Bang is a social deduction game where you have a sheriff, you have outlaws, you have deputy, and the sheriff's trying to kill the outlaws and the deputy's trying to protect the sheriff. But um, it's it's just a social deduction game with card play. Can't Stop is a press your luck. You roll two dice and you pick a combination of numbers to go up on two different tracks. Once you get three of your... Um, colored pieces to the top of the tracks, which range from two to 12, which are the equivalent of the two dice. Um, actually, no, I think you roll four dice, three dice, three dice, four dice, make combinations. I don't know. Anyway, you roll dice. The game does it for me, four dice. So four dice and um, Getty actually says you need five with bang. So good, doesn't qualify. You roll four dice and you make combinations. You can pair them off in any plate, in any way, and then you can move your pieces up in those two tracks. It's a lot of fun. There's zero skill involved. Um, not zero. There is tiny, tiny amounts of skill involved. Um, the skill is essentially like, mm, I'm going to play the odds and not keep going here. You know, essentially know that there's sometimes that you actually should stop. But it is so much fun. However, this next one, and I forgive me for, this is probably Getty. I think it was Getty that introduced me to this next one. I will play this one anytime, anywhere, and I think think this will actually make a good four-person interactive game and it has the dumbest name it's called i was gonna say i i am reading this name i know nothing about this game other than its name and i don't want to play it it's the dumbest name (laughs) (laughs) so it comes in a trilogy of games uh the first one was called planes and i'm the middle one was called trains and this one's called automobiles and I've not played planes or trains, and I don't care to. It's fine. Um, but this game is a bag building game. So you have colored cubes that you're going to put in the bag, and those cubes will cost certain amounts of money based on whatever you're going to have. Each cube is going to have a different ability in every game. So there's some variability as to what the cubes do, and you're trying to essentially put colored cubes in your bag. So you're going to draw out a handful of them, I think seven, and those cubes are going to move you around a track. And the way that it's implemented in Board Game Arena is you actually watch the car, like you see the path of the car as they're laying it out. And the the path is drawn in like this kind of organic way as well. It's just so cool to watch it being played, watch people take turns, and you're engaged all the time because you're trying to like manage your position and you might want to pull up behind someone. And I'm making it sound more complicated than it is because it's not really all that complicated at all. It's just fun and kitty's looking at me with the she's doing the thing where she's head head at 45 degrees pursed (laughs) lips (laughs) i'm extremely skeptical it is i think you would really really like it um yeah getty and i like we were there's certain strategies that you can play where you want to be 
fairly far back at the beginning of your turn because you get more movement if you're further back than at the front. But if you jet out too early, then someone else can like come up from behind. Uh, it's just there's so much fun there. Um, a way more, like- way more fun than the next cube game, um, which I put on here is Pandemic, which I would 100% play Pandemic. I wish we could play Pandemic Legacy online. I'd be way into that. I wonder. There's a possibility Chris, that that BGA could be put on there. It won't make it for me. <laughs> hmm. It would make a good one. There's a couple. Um, someone's doing My City for uh, BGA, which is a legacy game. Mm-hmm. And I'll be interested to see if that finishes. Um, Josh is saying Clank Legacy. Is Clank Legacy on BGA? That's not on BGA. Confirm that that's on BGA, because I don't think that's on BGA. I'd play it. All um, we need you to do is be the computer for us, and you're going to have to set up a camera above the game, and you are going to have to control the whole board state for us, and the rest of us will just... Um, you're going to need a camera for each of our hands of cards. <laughs> now, early pandemic, I would have done that. These days, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, early pandemic, I had quite the setup to play like Cthulhu Death May Die. I had like five different cameras going on. And yeah, now, no. Um, but I would play pandemic maybe once. I could see playing a pandemic and then, you know, playing a, a Stella or something after that. I was going to say, played- I think it's a good combo game. You play one like pandemic, you play one of these more party game style games. You get a little bit of the like, Let's solve a puzzle together. Let's move cubes around. Let's save the world. Fun stuff. And then one where, like, let's argue about whether or not it was extremely clear that because there was a thing that looked like a magnifying glass in this picture, it obviously fit the clue detective. Clearly. I don't even know where you went. But I'm going to – I'm saying it's very, very clear. Um, but yeah, I would play Pandemic only because of the lack of other good co-ops. Like, there's not a lot of great co-ops on PGA right now. If you no. filter by co-ops, it's just like mm, there's some, there's some, but there's not enough. And I wish there were more. Like, they all fit on one page. There's uh, three times five, sixteen. Yes, three times five is fifteen, but there's one additional. There's sixteen <laughs> co-op games on here, and two of them are the crew and. Five of them and I've never heard did of. That. <laughs> yeah. So we need more co-op games on BGA is what I'm getting at. Uh, this last one, have you played Concept? Yes. And you hate okay. it. I hate but it. I, liked I hate it. it. I hate it. I, I like hate it. this game. But I'm wondering if it wouldn't be so bad online. Where I think it- you didn't like the people we were playing with. And that made it bad in your mind because it's so dependent on the people you're playing with and you were like just in a salty mood that day well i think that i'm talking about games to socialize over and one thing that concept did have us (laughs) doing is talking that's true (laughs) so i think it would qualify and i think i would try it in this but again it's very light Uh, one of the things i like about the crew is it still feels like a a weighty game yeah i wouldn't call it crunchy but there was there's something to chew on. Yeah, there's there's major decisions to, to make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I would try Concept, but again, it'd be probably one of those games where I'm like played it once or twice. And I think Sydney would hate it. I don't think there's enough. I think it's too abstract for her taste in games. Like she likes to, she likes puzzles, but she likes puzzles you can actually figure out versus, I don't yeah, know, but so I'd, I'd be willing to try this I one. I would 
enjoy if they existed to play would be more like insider or detective club where you're trying to suss out who is like there, there's something to figure out there it's not just like play to get points it's play to discover something there there's more of an end goal than just like whoever has the most points win whoever's you know best at getting people to guess is gonna get the most points and that's it i i like the idea of there being more of an end goal than that and so those games fall in there even something like um deception i think detective Mer- club would be great yeah. Um, oh, and Deception. Deception would be good, too. Right? That's the style of game. Get on there, Chris. Make the games. Yeah. Do so it here's, for me. Here's Please. one of the problems. <laughs> so I, and I'm thinking about this. Like, So I think this, um, <laughs> Detective Club, which is another Dixit-style game. Um, essentially, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody knows the word except for one person. And you're going to all play a card down. And then you're playing them in order. And one person person doesn't they're like the judge they're gonna they wrote down the word in the first place um and then after one round everyone's gonna play a second card down and then you're gonna go around the table and you're gonna defend once then the word is revealed and then you go around the table and defend why you picked those two cards to describe that word um so the idea behind it is you know it's like well these are all abstract art cards so how well can you you know bs your way through you know, yeah, no, no, no. Really, there's a blue in the upper right corner, and that's why I picked it for ocean, right? Yeah. And this would only work if you were playing real time real with time. a chat going. You have to right. have that aspect of it, and that's what makes it fun. But honestly, yeah. this could be done, you know, with one camera pointed at the cards and <laughs> text messages. <laughs> Yeah, and well, the thing is with this one, and the reason why it may not make a good, good BGA game is because you have to think of how it would play in the turn-based mode, because everything has to be able to yeah, be play, you- played in turn-based. And the best you could do is just to like type in a sentence for each of your cards as to why you picked it, and then the people are evaluating the sentence. But you lose a lot from it. Um, but I think you could do that for Detective Club. For Murder at Hong Kong, I think that's way harder to do. I don't think you can do a turn-based version of Murder in Hong Kong, which is sad because <laughs> that game is so good for a... We're just going to have to build our own website entirely, Chris, which is just games to play over Zoom, no turn-based needed. All right, fine. And by we, you mean me? I mean, I don't have any of the skills. Well, that's fair. But between that's you fair. and Fletcher and Spencer, I mean, yeah, that's true. We could probably <laughs> do something. I do have it, my own little like tech cohort here to uh, be ideas man for. <laughs> if, but if only Spencer there were money had actually in board games. Any of the things that he tells me, he will. I, I could just make an app for that. I could do that on a website. I can do that. <laughs> never has never happened. No. no, it's a lot of work. Um, and there's no money in it. Like even BGA, which is has become like the foremost, uh, you know, site for just you know the variety of games it has. They still don't make money. Like they have two full time employees. Asthma Day bought them, but I think they paid like twenty eight dollars or something like that. It wasn't really that expensive. <laughs> I mean, so twenty eight dollars in Asthma Day money is is probably pretty good. But I see a title on this list that I have never heard of and have never played. And I feel like you're getting ready to just breeze past the the games that you didn't talk about on this list. And I want to know about Room 25. 
All right, so Room 25. And I put it on here and I put a big question mark on here because this is a co-op game and I did own this game for a while. And have do you recall a movie, and I, I forget the name of the movie, but it's like a prison, of, it's a cube prison that someone's in and they have to like move from room to room. The name of the movie is Cube. You overthought okay. it. <laughs> there you go, overthought it. This is Cube the Game. And as you move through, you're trying, like, different rooms have different perils and bad things and stuff. And you're essentially trying to get out. You're working with the group of people to try to get out. I don't know if the implementation of this game is any good or not. I would be willing to try it, though, because it's not a bad game. It's just not a good enough game to keep in a physical collection, if that makes sense. It's like if it's in someone else's house and they want to set it up and play it, sure, I'll play it. But that's Which what is BGA basically is. What BGA is, yeah. Right, <laughs> it's your friend's house. They have a different collection than you. Like, I guess I'll play this one because it's here. <laughs> yeah, yep. And the number of games I've played because well, it's here. I'm like, okay, sure. Um, I I think it works. Now Getty does mention going back to Deception. He says he ran a turn based version of it on his website and it worked out okay. Um, but I'm going to say worked out okay. Not a ringing endorsement. (laughs) But here's the thing. Is deception about the gameplay or is it about the conversation? And he said it was forum-based. So, like, in a forum-based, you could actually have a good conversation with it. Because I don't think deception is about the gameplay. It's about the conversation to get you to wherever you got. Whether you win or lose, that conversation is is the fun part. Um, And it's like, oh, yeah, it was – honestly, deception – the worst games of deception are when it's too obvious. When it's like, okay, this is the only one that makes sense. Like, all right, let's just call it and call it a day because you you don't have any – there's no fun back and forth to it. So if you're doing a forum-based one, I could see a forum-based turn-based doing that. But otherwise – But I do think for the kind of games that I would really enjoy playing um, real-time with Zoom, it would be these kind of more deduction-style games – and those seem to be really hard to make work turn-based. You know, it's just there. there's some stuff that works so much better real-time. You can't – you can make it turn-based, but it's going to be so much more fiddly. You're going to have to make compromises on a lot of the, the gameplay aspects that it doesn't seem worth it to try to finagle it into a BGA version so people haven't done it. But I would love to play Deception – Insider, Detective Club, all those kinds of games. I really, those are the kind of party games that I can play more than three times in a row and not be like, ugh, I guess we'll play again. I just don't like the kind of rack up the points and see who can, because it feels a little bit like a popularity contest then. And it's not as bad as like Apples to Apples or Cards Against Humanity, those style of games. Those ones are just the worst because those truly are just uh, whose sense of humor is meshing with everyone else today and it's never me and they make me so salty <laughs> i don't like them. <laughs> but i can figure things out i am good at you know you know spencer didn't say this and i know that he would have if he knew what the card was he would have done this and that's just you know i like that better yeah i wish I'm i were a detective you- and this is how i you know. <laughs> well, I have some yeah. salty to share after the credits, um, <laughs> which which has to do with a, a turn that I'm taking right now on a BGA game. Oh, that do I have a turn is to going, take? 
No, 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 no. It's it's not ah. against you. It's I I did something wrong, which destroyed my entire game. Um, but I am going to first say Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, uh, which also they don't even have a podcast anymore. They actually do. There's a new one. Um, I may have to link to it. I've only listened to the first episode because I didn't subscribe to the other one, but I'm gonna have to do that anyway. Uh, if you want to listen to us record live and chat with us and be part of all the silliness before and after the show, um, Mondays. 8.30 Central, link in the show notes. Email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Um, hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons who are awesome. If you want to be one of those, you can go to our website, tabletopgametalk.com. Thanks, Michael, for doing exactly that. Everyone could be as cool <laughs> as Michael. Um, finally, Kitty will read the patron names. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayesh, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Raymer, Nicholas Lotz. Ah, I scrolled. No. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Where was I? Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keefe, Joe Hudman, <laughs> Leanne Verhol, Stephen Judd, Christopher Lyko, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Jason Marks, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miller, Richard Yassi, Token Fan Forever, Michael Findlay, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McLellan, David Gardner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Char- Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Sealander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, and Sean P. Kelly. And thanks to anyone who's ever been a patron or anyone who's even thinking about becoming one. Um, Seriously, you mean the world to us. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun, unlike me. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. So I'm playing um, Dungeon Pets, which is a game that is super, super thinky, but it's also adorable and cute as well. And I misread the ability of one of my things. And I was going to, I set myself up for this huge turn of like, I don't know, probably 20 points. And I was going to like win the game with this. And this little artifact I have. <laughs> no, it it keeps me from going to the hospital. It doesn't al- so your dungeon sometimes your pets get a little bit feisty. So you have to have your imps protect like play with the the pets. But if they get overly feisty and your imps they'll take damage, they'll go to the hospital. But if they get so feisty that your imps can't control them, they'll escape. So I thought this suit I had would allow them to play two bites. And it only allows him to play one, so he doesn't go to the hospital. But my giant pet of level six that's going to be worth, like, so many points, he's going to escape now. And now I have no chance. I have no pets in a game called Dungeon Pets. And it's round five, and I'm so sad. And my heart's broken. (sighs) That's how we're ending the episode. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's how we're ending. I'm going to say something here, because otherwise you're going to (laughs) accuse me of stopping my recording. (laughs) We're supposed to end.